Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippi and welcome back to That Trippi Show. This week, a huge change in Senate focus, BBB, Build Back Better, is on the back burner and voting rights looks like it's coming into focus. Also, it turns out you shouldn't text heavily incriminating things during an insurrection. And finally, finally, will we get to some listener questions? Alex keeps promising maybe today he'll deliver. Alex, where do you want to start? I think today's the day. Well, let's let's get to the, the big story of the week, obviously, the, the voting rights stuff. Joe, what caused this? Why are we going to the filibuster right now? Look, I, I think it's pretty clear. That's all that's that's all and 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 it's even a maybe if we can get that done, but it's it's all we can get done. I mean it's clear, uh, I think Manchin made it clear to President Biden that he just isn't gonna be there on Build Back Better in a way that made it pretty clear that they're going to have to work on that some more in the hopes of uh, maybe getting to it early in the in the new year. And and that means the only thing that's possible uh, is the Voting Rights Act. Uh, and not only is it, you know, hopefully possible, but it's it's certainly very important to get it done with all that's going on out there. You know, legislators, legislatures, excuse me, legislatures are starting to meet in January, many of them. And they're going to draw lines for redistricting and, and and pass even more laws. So the timing is critical, I think, to get to voting rights. And I think there's a lot of optimism that maybe uh, Manchin, it, you know, who who has started to talk about, you know, say things like a rules change should be done to where we can all have input because we're all going to have to live with it is sort of what Manchin's been saying. He told reporters, like, I think on Wednesday, you know, he's concerned that we'll be, you know, Democrats will be a minority at some time. I think most of us are more concerned that whether we'll be a democracy in the future if we don't pass this. So hopefully somebody will be able to continue to make that case to him. Well, the interesting thing, Joe, is how optimistic people felt or people were kind of talking about on the Hill this week. I mean, Tim Kaine, who's been pretty much the voice of reason on this, is kind of leading some of these negotiations. Doesn't seem like the Republicans are going to be anywhere near yes on this. Doesn't seem like they're going to do anything on voting rights. But hopefully they'll be able to bring at least Manchin and Cinema along on this. Uh, yeah, look, I think, um, again, nothing is going to pass. Uh, you know, nothing else is going to pass. The one hope is that we could put 50 votes together, uh, make it an ex- exception to voting rights on the filibuster and get the voting rights bill passed. Who knows whether both Manchin and Cinema will be there, but uh, it, it's more likely to get them there on that uh, exemption on the filibuster for the one-time voting rights passage than it is on anything. You know, they're not going to they're not going to do it. Uh, they're not even going to get to uh, a yes vote on Build Back Better. Uh, certainly, they're not going to change the filibuster to get that done. It would have happened under reconciliation in any case. But I'm saying anything that would require them to change the filibuster, I don't think there's an issue out there. That, that would get them accept and and hopefully uh, the Voting Rights Act. And again, um, you know, Manchin 
uh, in cinema are worried about what happens when we're a minority. I think you and me and a whole lot of other people are much more worried about what happens when there's no democracy because you guys couldn't get, couldn't, you know, couldn't see the threat grave enough to do what needs to be done. And that's, I think, a lot of frustration out there with, with uh, you know, a lot of people, not just Democrats, independent, but a lot of people who see what's going on, this authoritarian movement and a need to stop it and are saying, what the fuck? When are you guys going to get this done? You know, you look at like a Romney, a Collins, maybe a Murkowski, and a lot of people on online are saying, why this seems like something that they would agree with. Why can't they get in line to pass voting rights? Is it as simple as the fact that they know that that would threaten their chances at the majority and get all the other stuff that they want to done in line with the Republican Party? Look, I've said this before. Uh, I'll keep saying it. They're all hostages. They're all hostages. Some of them worried about their personal safety. Some of them worried about their careers. Some of them, you know, I mean, it's just even the one, the people like Romney uh, who voted, you know, for impeachment, uh, you know, who've taken a bold stand occasionally are still hostage. They'll only go so far. And uh, and it, well, I think we've seen it. It's basically we're down to two. You know, Liz Cheney and, and Adam Kinziger are, are the only two left that you can count on. Uh, and about, by the way, you can't even count on them on some of this voting rights stuff. So I just don't see anything happening unless the filibuster is changed to to let and Cinema and and uh, Mansion join the rest of the Democrats and the rest of the pro-democracy coalition to actually do something and secure a floor for voting rights. Democrats are the only remaining national party capable of saving our democracy, as they're the only party that still follows the rules of democracy. But I'm not convinced that this party has the skills to fight against a party like the GOP, who have entirely embraced authoritarianism. They couldn't even beat Trump light, despite having one major PR home run bipartisan bill on standby for months. It's been a disaster, and from my perspective, everybody's to blame. Joe, do you see any hope for improvement on this? We we keep saying there's time, there's time, there's time, but never seems to be enough. I think people, uh, including a, a lot of the Democrats in Washington, keep making this mistake of thinking that somehow the Senate or the House will get us out of this mess. And I think the reality is there's no one who's going to get us out of this mess but us. And that may mean overcoming every single one of the impediments that the autocratic movement is throwing in front of us. I, I don't know that we can count on Democrats in Washington to pass the Voting Rights Act. I hope so, but hope isn't going to get us a whole lot. It's about what we do. Not what it, it, keep waiting around for them to somebody to pass a Voting Rights Act, somebody to stand up to the authoritarian movement, uh, waiting for Garland to do something, um, waiting for the you know Southern District of New York. There's no waiting. It's it's it. I, I've said it before. We have to build a pro-democracy coalition. That's all of us. 
And that means out there registering voters, making sure that, yeah, there are going to be people out there at the polling places trying to stop people from voting. We're going to need an army of attorneys and lawyers out there with us to fight them. And there are people like Mark Elias and others out there that are working on, you know, on, on the legal front. But we're going to have to have each of us doing everything we can. This is a life and death issue for democracy. But the and I've said this before, the problem is uh, there is a government right now and the government has to govern the Democrats in the Senate and the House and the president have to try to actually get things done. There are tornadoes. People need help. They have to get FEMA and everything going. They're dealing with governing in a country in which one party is not just sitting on its hands, but obstructing everywhere and everything it can, including even basically putting its own supporters at the risk of death by preaching to them that COVID's a hoax and, you know, masks are are ridiculous and uh, and all that garbage that they're doing. So in that environment, yeah, there's a lot of frustration. I know a lot of people are exhausted, but frankly, that's how authoritarian movements win. They win by exhausting you. And just when you're, you know, and making you more frustrated at your own side, for not doing something, you know, being upset at Manchin or Biden or the Democrats writ large because, look, they, ha they, they haven't gotten the Voting Rights Act passed. Well, there's a reason that he, we only we have to get 50 votes to do it because there's the other side won't put up a single vote. You can't count on it. Not you can't count on Romney, can't, can't count on Murkowski. You can't count on on Collins, by the way. You know, the, even when you when you thought like Collins, like what? Where is she now? Oh, Kavanaugh. Jeez, maybe I misunderstood him. I'm so disappointed. I mean, come on, folks. It's all bullshit. It's all freaking bullshit. These people are not. There's no one on the Republican side that's going to stop it. And the problem with with Democrats, frankly, is there are are a lot of Democrats, even those who will vote for Voting Rights Act, um, who do not uh, really perceive the threat for what it really is. If they did, I think Manchin and Cinema would be there. They can't possibly perceive the threat to be, they, they would probably see me, I'm an alarmist. For We're all alarmists because we're saying, you gotta pass this thing or they're gonna take our democracy away. That, you know, they if they they just don't believe it because if, if they did, it would get passed. Hopefully, Biden will be able to get them there and they will. Joe, let's move on from trying to save democracy to what are we saving it from? As far as I know, none of the texts we've sent and I don't think any of the PowerPoints we've made have been subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. 
But Mark Meadows, what he did turn over before he stopped cooperating was pretty remarkable as seismic. I don't even know where to start with it. Uh, well, you could start with the PowerPoint. I mean, look, the whole, the whole thing here is <laughs> Mark Meadows is not only part of the insurrection and part of pushing it and organizing it, I think, but he's also a chicken shit who still, you, you know, on one hand wants to sell his book, on the other hand doesn't want to cross Trump, on the other hand, oh crap, what did I turn over? I mean, it's, he is a weak, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what what's more appalling about the guy. You, you know, and I still think, you know, there's that great clip of him, uh, you know, they as they, you know, and they're celebrating with people and I think it's Eric Trump calling him, uh, you know, a real fighter. I mean, the guy's never fought for crap. And he certainly, I think, it's a, it, it, I just think the 208 members of Congress who wouldn't even refer, an, you know, to, to the Justice Department for his evading uh, the subpoena. It's just, I mean, it, it's like, it's like cowardice on top of cowardice. And, you know, frankly, the other thing I think that's going on here is, hell, how many of those members that wouldn't refer his, him to justice, you know, the indictment to justice, how many of them saw the PowerPoint? How many of them helped write the Most damn of them, thing? probably. Exactly. Yeah. So this is all like, you, you know, you've got a, 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 the, the chief of staff, who is literally trafficking in this stuff and with, with members of Congress and those same members are saying, Oh no, 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 don't, we, we will not vote. This is totally unfair to, to send this to justice, to be investigated. Why? Well, my guess is some of them are as guilty as he, not some, I think a majority of the house Republicans, a majority of that caucus is guilty of being part of this thing, uh, and we're we're seeing that in the in the in the a lot of the documents that are getting released and the tweets and who they came from and what they said. I mean, Jim Jordan, you know, I mean, just red-handed talking about how you know the, the demanding essentially that Pence uh, not certify and not count the votes. I mean, it was it's the whole thing just is, I think, so becoming more and more obvious every day. The problem is the the tribe that ignores the obvious won't hear any of it or listen to it or hear any of it on Fox. And we all, I think, knew a lot of this in, you know, to our core that this is what they were all up to when we saw it and still don't understand why the hell no one has done a damn thing about it to hold someone, hold them all accountable including at this, how slow it's been for the committee to issue subpoenas. You know, time is running out. I do think, look, I think the, the, the committee deserves a lot of credit for the way it, is, it, it seems to be conducting itself in a way that's leading higher and higher, but they, just, they damn well need to get there quick. And I think Garland's got to take action on these indictments, when they do refer, when the House refers an indictment, he's got to move 
as quickly as possible to hold them accountable, at least to 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 follow up and get it. Yes, it's going to be in court. It's going to take time. But that's that's why he's got to move fast. Well, let's get to a couple of the reader questions because they they're they're asking kind of the same thing you are. This is from Steve. It was from a few weeks ago, but the point is still valid, if not even more so. He, he says, I appreciate all you're doing to keep our democracy intact. My two cents regarding the House committee. I don't understand the delay in subpoenaing key people, including the president. Everyone with potentially key information should have been subpoenaed long ago. And he goes on dozens of people. But the thing he reminded me of, which I thought was really good, was Watergate was formed on February 7th, 1973. And right after that, they had over 250 hours of live testimony on all day, Monday to Friday. It was all that was on. Why isn't this doing the same thing? I think uh, part of this is we don't have a John Dean. Uh, we had that in Watergate. We had somebody who was willing to go out in public and, and say it all. And maybe that's what they're searching for. And, and frankly, a lot of the people look at Meadows, he turned over stuff and then realized, no, I don't want to talk. Um, well, we got stuff that he turned over. There are people who are probably coming forward because they're not having to sit in front of a table in front of a, a you know a camera, excuse me, that are are giving them information and testifying who might not, uh, you know, under the glare uh, of cameras and the press. I'm not saying that that's you know you know I wish they were braver than that, uh, but I'm just saying that I think there's all kinds of reasons why, you know, they we don't have. I, I think the the main reason is we don't have a you know someone deep inside, who's like John Dean, who's willing to sit in front of the camera and tell the American people what happened. So they're going to have to do this piecemeal with as much evidence coming from the bottom up uh, until they ever get to. I mean, look, I think if they subpoenaed the president from, you know, on day one, uh, it would just fuel the tribe on the other side screaming witch hunt. I think the, what they're hoping for is that the more evidence that continues to lead in his direction, the more Americans will say, oh, we need to hear, you know, he needs to testify. And by the way, you're already seeing that in a lot of the polling. You're seeing even, you know, 50 over 50 percent of Republicans saying agreeing with how the the committee's conducting itself and that and, and strongly supporting that it continue. And those numbers are much higher, obviously, with uh, Democrats and independents. But even with Republicans, it's creeping up to a pretty significant number. I mean, uh, well, in, into a majority uh, of even Republicans. So I think part of this is um, if we, I think it'd be different if we had, by the way, the same people who should have on that day gone public, who are not, you know, prepared to go public today. But hopefully, I think that's that's what would blow this wide open, is if there were people willing to testify in public. And I think that will happen eventually, but it's going to take, I hope, not too much more time. I think we're getting there. Or I think we're getting much closer. I'll put it that way. And I did notice you are, you've already gotten two listener questions in. So, Alex, this is like stellar, stellar stuff. Well, we actually have a third one, okay. which might be my favorite of the day. And this is from Pat. 
who asks, if the Republicans were running this hearing, if the shoe were on the other foot, it's all you'd ever hear about. Remember Benghazi? Why aren't the Democrats or why are the Democrats, excuse me, working behind the scenes on all of this? Isn't the Benghazi effect exactly what Democrats want headed into next cycle? Well, I mean, first of all, Remember, Benghazi was them, you know, the, you know, investigation after investigation after investigation. And it was performance art, of course. But again, this is where Democrats, we follow, they do performance art. We follow the rules. So ergo, guess who? Hillary Clinton went and testified for 11 hours. <laughs> right? Uh, it was still but her emails for another couple of years, right? But my, my point still is that, so we're again following the rules. They don't, or, you know, it's just the way it is. So you're not gonna get Donald Trump going in to testify for 11 hours, or for that matter, Meadows, or for that matter, Jim Jordan, or any of them. It's not gonna happen, right? Uh, and and that just that's just the difference between now the, the the other difference and I keep saying this is look they put forty years and billions of dollars into building their outrage machine Fox News uh, Breitbart OAN Newsmax all of it right so the outrage machine screams Benghazi and right now the outrage machine will be screaming today. It's, uh, I mean, it, you know, it, it's inflation. Tomorrow it'll be, you know, the, the, the investigation's a hoax. And as soon as, and it'll be something else, but it's an outrage machine and it's got, it's, it's grown uh, and it has a massive impact. So there's two problems. One, we're, we, we continue to play by the rules. Oh, the filibuster, it's a very important rule. It's precedent. Yeah, okay. And, which begrudges the, the point that does anybody think for a nanosecond if the Republicans take power that Mitch McConnell won't end the filibuster in a nanosecond for everything? I mean, do we really think that, that's, that they're not going to do that? So, but we won't because it's precedent, all this other stuff. At the same time, we never built the anecdote or the, the opposite of the outrage machine, the, you know, the, the anti-disinfo or taking it down or pro-democracy, whatever you want to call it. We never, it, it doesn't exist. It was never built. So we play by the rules, don't have an outrage machine. They have the outrage machine. There are no rules anymore for them. There's just no rules. Uh, and we keep playing like there are. Uh, and but, but by the way, that's exactly why I, I know, you know, people keep, you know, why did I join the Lincoln Project? That's why. Because they understand I've worked with those against them uh, and I've worked with the, with them. Uh, and I tell you right now, they understand the rule breaking that the Republicans uh, are have armed themselves with over the years and they they will not continence just sort of like oh you know any of this like we don't play that way crap because damn it if we don't start look this is our democracy at stake this is a real battle 
that's much more important than marginal tax breaks or or uh, or or whether um, the infrastructure the the build back Be- better bill gets passed or not it, it is everything and they will by any means necessary run the democracy into the ground to to so that their authoritarian movement can rise and I think everybody out there needs to stop worrying. Like I said, stop waiting and, you know, you know, enjoy your holiday. Right. And have a a great New Year's Eve, Uh, you know, the next day, uh, you know, on January 2nd, particularly as we enter the anniversary of January 6th, start to become an active part of this movement. That's not that doesn't mean liking a tweet. It means actually looking at things like Fair Fight Georgia, uh, different campaigns out there, uh, different groups like the Lincoln Project, Midas Touch. There are all, all kinds of people out there who are going to fight the battle. Join one of them. Uh, become part of the pro democracy coalition. Um, that's what's. That's our, 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 and by the way, become part of, there is something that is important about uh, retweeting and putting things on Facebook and, and on TikTok and uh, Instagram and stuff. And that is, we don't have the outrage machine that they have. We don't have a, a, a network to, that, that stands up to the disinformation and the stupid, crazy, insane attacks. Um, become part of that group for us. I mean, we have to all join together, spread the the, the, the right messages, uh, uh, and, you know, and, and build a pro democracy network out there together. Joe, I think that's just about all the time we have this week. Okay, so Alex actually got three listener questions in, um, so he's pretty sharp this week, much sharper than usual. Thanks for listening to that trippy show, everybody. Uh, We'll be back next week. And now I can finally, you know, when I do ask you um, to, you you know, to ask a question uh, or leave it uh, wherever you listen, when you, you know, do a review on Apple, you know, to ask us questions there. And you can always ask us a question at thattrippyshow at gmail.com by emailing us. I think Alex is actually committed to actually getting them in to the episodes coming forward. So we'll see you next week. And thanks a lot. And again, please um, uh, grow this movement. Uh, please, uh, you know, send a link to the show uh, if you think it's a good episode that people could uh, learn from or become uh, more active and energized. It'd be great if you could forward the message on to your friends. Thank you and see you next week.